0: Hey, man, do you know Bill? Wait, do you mean Bill Ivy?
1: No. Bill Sasquatch? Nope. Do you mean Bill Murray? I do. I love Bill Murray. Do you? You know how much I love Bill Murray? How much? I love Bill Murray so much that I have made you co-host a Bill Murray bingo night with me every single month. Against my will? Against your will. I I go to your house... Under the precursor of taking you out to IHOP or to Steak and Shake, the last Wednesday of every month, I roofie you, bind and gag you, and drive you in the trunk of my friend's car so it's untraceable to the Crying Wolf in East Nashville, and then I make you co-host,
0: against your will, a Bill Murray bingo night. Can I admit something to you? Yeah. I'm kind of into it. I know. I've always had a bit of a kidnapping fantasy, (laughs) and you make it happen. (laughs)
1: I'm glad that I can do that for you. You've seemed more into it than most of my Vic' friends, um, and uh, but it's it's a super fun time for me. Uh, you're mostly drugged throughout throughout the course of it, but it seems to everyone else seems to enjoy it. Yeah, you know what my favorite part of that is the Bill Murray the butt stuff. Oh
0: right, well yeah, but
1: that's just like a standard Wednesday. Oh, this is this is Bill Murray butt stuff Wednesday at the Crying Wolf, the last Wednesday of every month. That's right, and you know what's even better? Bingo. But stuff
0: you are now listening to high five the podcast a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too now let's join our hosts q and j as they broadcast live from the writer's room the
1: show starts in one To another beautiful day here at camp. Don't you want a nookie? We have some great activities planned for today, including 9 a.m. blindfolded water polo, 10:30 a.m. douche canoe rides on our lake, and lunch in the mess hall at 12, featuring Miss Greta's famous sloppy garies. Also, be sure you're primed and ready for our summer Olympics obstacle race against our rivals across the lake. Camp, take a Hold and whack it. This is our year. And for all you summer lovers out there, remember, safety is key. So no more fucking in the knife barn. Have a nookie day! Should we high five? High five! High five! High five!
0: High five! High five. High five son!
1: Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it.
0: All right. And we're into it. This is yet another wonderful episode and another wonderful summer spin at camp.
1: Oh, man. Summers are the best. Um, you know, I'm i am here, one of your hosts, Jay, with my camp partner, co-counselor, Q. Q. And we are here at Camp Don't You Want a Nookie. That's right. And we are talking about our top five favorite summer camp
0: movies. That is 100% correct. Which is, is quite Someone fitting. who never went to summer camp. I found that out. I had to use these movies to live vicariously.
1: I actually found that out just before we started recording because I was like, hey, you and I should tell some summer camp stories since we're talking about these. I was like, because I've got a ton. And you're like, yeah, I don't
0: have any. I've got zero. (laughs) I have exactly zero summer camp stories. Now,
1: I will say that all my summer camp stories revolve around um, very structured Christian summer camps, uh, which are the best kind. Yeah. Uh, So there's a lot of singing. There's a lot, a lot of Jesus skits. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have lip sync contests,
0: which, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you always killed. Right. Always, always standing ovations every just, single year. Um, are we talking about like when they would throw their hands in the air and they would speak in <laughs> tongues? <laughs> yeah. That that's, kind of standing ovation? That's, that's what we call a standing ovation for gotcha. Jesus. Got it. Perfect.
1: Um, and then, uh, but honestly, most of my summer camp stories are revolve around just trying to glimpse at girls and shorts and scantily clad tube tops. Um, yeah. which is all summer is for for you know 14 15 year olds. Perfect. Um do you I mean do you have any summer love stories, Greece
0: style? <sighs> well, um you know that was there was that time that we went strolling. <laughs> uh and and made love in the sand.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, I was there.
0: It was a girl it was a girl her name was Sandy.
1: Oh, and you made it in the sand?
0: Yeah, we did. I liked it. And, um, you know, but unfortunately, our summer dreams were ripped at the seams. I see
1: that you're taking my Grease reference uh, and doubling down on it. I, I 100% <laughs> I very much enjoyed. it.
0: Um, there was one time that I went to summer camp, and uh, a piece of the space station was possibly going to fall on right. us. Right, I like that. I and like that. Uh, also, I had these two, like, musical camp counselors that we're all into musical theater. Oh, They're yeah. very aggressive about it. And did I had one this... of them happened to look like Amy Poehler? They, she did. It's amazing. She did. Isn't that weird? There was also that one time I went to Fat Camp. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did one of your counselors happened to look like Ben Stiller? It did. Isn't that weird? You have uh, very
1: celebrity-filled summers. Uh,
0: like I said, I lived vicariously through the <laughs> movies for all of my summer camp experiences. The
1: only really summer camp story that I can think of that would be any sort of applicable or interesting to share is that uh, obviously being prepubescent morons, um, it was all always about like pranks sure. for us. of course. And because we were prepubescent morons, we would prank the girls' cabins. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did, which at the time I was very proud of, now it uh, just seems dumb, but we went and bought like hundreds of water balloons and then hid them in precarious positions around their cabin. So like we would lift up mattresses and subtly lay a water balloon underneath it. So when they laid on the mattress, it would shatter on the person below them. Nice. We hit them up on fans. So when they turn on the fan, it would shoot and launch across the room. Um, they got us back, though, by being inherently smarter and better at everything than us. And uh, basically went to our cabin when we were gone, took everything out of it, <laughs> and just hit it all in the woods. Nice. Which is so much better than making their stuff sort of damp. That
0: is way better. <laughs> yes. And way more aggressive. I know. Like, they really, you know, they saw your uh, your challenge and they raised you a couple bars. Yeah.
1: Um, now, for me, you know, when I was putting this list together you know, of summer camp movies, obviously I had my own summer camp experiences which sure. which to draw on for, oh, this was an accurate representation or this is a funny movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you looking for when you put
0: these top five lists together? Um, basically, so a couple things. One, I was looking for things that... Uh, as a kid, it kind of gave me that exciting summertime feeling. So, movies that I would watch that really kind of epitomized. Because while I may not have gone to summer camp, I, you know, I did have summers spent out of school, right. hanging out with friends, running around the neighborhood, you know, commandeering small countries, just normal <laughs> stuff that everybody normal, does. Normal high school stuff. Um, and so, I picked movies that kind of really. Bring that to mind. I mm-hmm. also pick movies that, from my memory of just when I think summer camp movies, what right you know immediately comes to mind. So did all of your movies take place like were they about
1: the summer camp experience or did they just take place at summer camps or, or I will, cursorily I will involved? say
0: I will say the majority of my movies took place at a summer camp and were about like and also were about the summer camp time frame. I, I believe two, maybe really just more one of them takes place at a summer camp, but is not necessarily about okay. summer camp.
1: I have one on my list that I feel very strongly is in that category. Okay. And I wonder if it's the same one. I don't as, know. As you. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, everybody listening... Think of your fond memories of summer camp, or if you didn't have fond memories of summer camp, think of the movies that you you saw that gave you fond memories of summer camp. Not
0: showering for weeks, eating super questionable food out of a mess hall, uh, singing songs, trying to make out with people. I struck out so hard in that category. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I also struck out by not being at summer camp. (laughs) Right. I'm just going to keep, like, depressingly just saying, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, really? Those fond memories that I didn't get to partake in because I didn't go
1: to summer camp. One of my uh, not fond memories, but a memory that has burned in my mind from summer camp was I went with a friend to his church's summer camp. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know anybody else there except for this one guy. And there was a counselor, and. Back, back then, you you know, you're 9, 10 years old. You think counselors are 40 years old when they're really just moronic 16-year-olds. Of course. There was this one counselor who was in the cabin, like, swinging, so, like, this kid around by his wrists and, like, doing propeller with him. Stepped s- halfway to the side, just one step to the left, cracked the kid's leg against a wooden bunk bed and what? shattered this kid, shattered this kid's femur. wait no no
0: is no the tibia is the one at the bottom right uh sure Yo he shattered this kid's calf bone doctor fans yeah high five colon the fans will you please let us know (laughs) what that bone is called i think it's the tibia but he
1: shattered it and i happened to be in the room when that happened and it is burned in my memory amazing it is horrific and horrible it sounds wonderful and magical so
0: on that vein I think we should probably get to our first activity. <laughs> you said on that vein yeah. as in like in your leg. Pun not as intended. In his leg was shattered. It was it. just in pieces. Did it have that Did you ever see that video that floated around the internet of the like the kickboxers or whatever and they like meet shins and the one's leg just turns to like jello? I
1: have seen enough. Uh yeah, actually I have seen
0: that example. You know I've seen a it's lot like of bones like breaking.
1: full limp noodle. It's all, It's awful. Like I watch all those videos but I do not have a stomach. For them, sure. Like, I can watch the goriest movie in the world, like horror movies. Don't bother me all day, me. all day, all day long. But for whatever reason, when it's real, it bothers the shit. I mean, there was that one. Um, what's the the football the the really famous where quarterback. the bone pops out of yes. his leg? Not Joe Montana. But no, it's I know a really famous about. quarterback. I don't
0: really know sportball very well. I
1: don't know sports either, um, which my summer camp stories attest to. Um, but yes. When he gets hit in his bone, like, I've watched shuts out of his leg. I, I can't stomach those videos, but I watch all of them. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a train wreck. Like <laughs> you don't want to watch, but you're like, ooh, this is gonna be good. And I'm, it's like Alzheimer's I'm like, this is gonna be good. I'm like, well, why did I watch this? This is I not good. Ooh, hey, another one. Oh, this is gonna be good. Oh, why did I watch it? Ooh, another one It's ooh, like a piece of candy you know, ooh piece of candy. <laughs> very much ooh, a piece of candy, but it's like, ooh, a tibia. Ooh, (laughs) Ooh,
0: a fractured (laughs) rectal area. Ooh, something else. Medical terms. (laughs) Ooh, parentheses medical Um, terms. So, yeah, so we got camp movies. Top five summer camp movies. I am curious to hear your list. Okay. Um, I like it. I'm sure you do. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure that I like it, too, because, honestly, I'm more curious just to see if you have... I'm more interested to see if you have movies that I don't have because I'm excited to hear some maybe summer camp movies that I have not seen. That way I can you know continue to further my summer camp experience since I didn't get to go to. Summer I, camp.
1: I think so. I, there might be one or two that I talk about that um, you don't have on your list. I know there's one or two I have in my honorable mentions that I doubt you've seen. Okay. Um. So we can get to those you know when the time comes.
0: But should I should I start Jay's list? Jay, you should start your list. You're- Campers. Start your blisticles. List, list engines. Yep. List engines. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, that's we're, a terrible joke. We're
1: terrible at this. We are bad um, podcasters. So, okay. Well, I'll start with, uh, well, I guess my number five. Start with your number five. Uh, our, for our first activity of the day. Okay. Um, My number five is actually the one that takes place at a summer camp, but is not about a Ooh, summer camp.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: I'm ready to see if it's so, the same. Uh, my number five is Friday the 13th. That is not the same. It's not? Nope. So my first one is Friday the Thirteenth. Nice from nineteen eighty. Nice, obviously a summer camp movie for whatever of anybody course. else would say. Um, it takes place at Camp Crystal Lake, <laughs> exactly, uh, and it is about counselors. They're all it is. kind of about counselors in a way. All of the yeah, f- most of the Friday Thirteenth movies. Um, I except for that one in outer space. Yeah, but I think it's a space camp. It is a is it space Camp? that was where they tried to merge unsuccessfully
0: yeah. those two franchises? Yeah,
1: it's uh it's uh Jason X. Jason goes to space camp.
0: <laughs> Jason V campers <laughs> Colon Dawn of Space Camp
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would totally watch that movie with like just them and the NASA like little things like, Hey, this is the anti gravity room. He's like comes
0: <laughs> out of nowhere. Totally. I would one hundred percent watch oh. that. Now I can't even remember what I was thinking about. Oh, To be, to be fair, though, uh, we're talking about Jason. Not even the killer in this
1: movie. That is one of the big things about this movie that I honestly kind of love. Not even kind of. I flat out love that about this movie. Is that almost nobody, at least unless you're a horror movie fan, really remembers that. When you hear Friday the 13th, you think Jason. Jason. But really, the only thing that Jason does in this movie is drown. Yeah, uh, in a flashback scene. Yes, in That's a flash- it. And it's because, you know, some counselors were making out, not watching the campers. They were like negligent. Yeah. They're supposed to be watching these campers. He's swimming out in the lake and just drowns. And then his feeble old mom puts on a knapsack and starts murdering people. True that. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Friday the Jason's 13th. mother is the killer. Yes. I uh, I think she should be the killer in all of them.
0: I'd be down with Jason's that.
1: Jason's mom goes to space camp.
0: Jason's mom goes to hell. <laughs> Jason X chromosome. Jason's mom has got it going on. <laughs>
1: Jason's mom goes shopping in Manhattan.
0: <laughs> yeah, like all of these. I think this Jason's is... <laughs> mom has got <laughs> it going on. That's all I want. She puts a blade right through your thong. <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> That's a different song. But she no, it's cause she's the, a killer. The thong,
1: man. the thong, thongs, thong <laughs> and the blade.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. (laughs) You know what my favorite thing to say is? Yeah, no. (laughs) Now, I will say that
1: Friday the 13th, the original movie, Mm -hmm. is, it's almost not canon at this point. Um, and and it is, it's the original, it's probably the best, but the rest of them are based off of Jason being this unstoppable killing machine, killing sexually active campers, um, in increasingly gruesome and creative ways, you know, there's a lot of harpoons through the stomachs, a lot of stabbing. He's real stabby, um, but in this one, the killer, because they have to keep the killer's identity hidden for most of it, it's it's a lot of just people getting killed, and there's a lot of dread. I wouldn't say this is the goriest of the movies. It's not a. I I wouldn't say it's a lot of increasingly creative kills. Because it's not really about that. It's this kind of a revenge movie about Kevin later. Bacon. Right. <laughs> that's a stigmata. No, that's a sense. The sense eight stigmatas. What's that Kevin Bacon? Stir of Echoes.
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> like, where the fuck are you going with this? You just combined a movie and a Netflix television series. <laughs> Stir of echo chambers. Yes, yeah, stir of echo chambers uh, with the Invisible Man. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, hollow. Hollow. Hollow echo hollow chambers. echoes.
1: That's not on my list, by the way. Hollow echo. Hollow man echo chambers. <laughs> not um, on it. Colon, echo and the Bunnyman. Hollow men colon dawn of bacon.
0: Oh, wow, we have <laughs> <laughs> we have lost every single person that was listening to this episode.
1: But yes, you know the quintessential good good time summer camp classic. Friday the 13th. Of course. Um, It is number five on my list, mainly because the rest of them are about the summer camp experience. Yes. And this one just kind of happens
0: to take place at a summer camp. Okay. And that's about it. But, I mean... Well, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll argue that point with you just to say that, you know, to play devil's advocate, it does take place regarding a lot of the summer camp activities. And it does kind of at its core have to do with something that happened during a summer camp camping experience
1: right but i mean the movie the premise of the movie takes
0: place in the week before the summer camp opens right but i would still say it it has so many parts that are critical that it is a summer camp yeah that i would say it's definitely a summer camp movie Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it it wouldn't. The story wouldn't even be the same if it didn't take place at a summer camp. Like the reason the mom is going crazy on the kids that are there are because she is nuts because of what happened to her son, Jason, and the negligent camp counselors that were involved. So I feel like that kind of the story hinges on it being a summer thing.
1: You know, I actually agree with you 100% on that. Well, I guess my point was it's not about the summer camp experience in a realistic way because campers aren't there. Um, except in flashbacks, it's you know a murder mystery, which I don't think happens a lot at summer camps. I don't know what kind of summer camps you were going to, uh, <laughs> but it happened ones. at all the ones that I went to. Which were none of them? Exactly. Like, and I will say that this movie, now it's almost ruined. It's sort of like you know Darth Vader being Luke's father. You don't really go into the movie surprised at this anymore. But when it oh, came yeah. out, the reveal was so great. That you think it's this mass murderer, and it turns out to be this kid's mom, but also back then you didn't have the legacy of Jason with which to pull from, because people will go back to this knowing
0: Jason is the quote
1: unquote star of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, of course. Movies.
0: Which, and I think you know, just to speak on the movie just a little bit, um, I think it's very interesting sometimes for a franchise to to weirdly not have what it has become synonymous with having in its very first iteration. Right. Like, Jason is arguably is the Friday the 13th franchise. Oh, I you know agree. what I mean? Like, without Jason, they're just, mo- like, yeah. random killer movies. It
1: would almost be like if uh, the Halloween franchise started with Season of the Witch. Right. And then yeah. for two, they were like, you
0: know what, let's talk about this guy named Michael Myers.
1: Yeah. Or it'd be almost like if... Uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or Freddy vs. Jason was a good movie. Like
0: <laughs> it, it would, it yeah. Would, I see. What it you would, would be there. synonymous. I see what you did there. Um, yeah. So I would say that you're right. Or actually, it's different. It would be as if
1: the very first Nightmare on Elm Street wasn't about Freddy Krueger killing people in the dreams. It would be about Freddy Krueger's wife taking revenge on the kids because her husband died in a boiler fire.
0: <laughs> what that is that is a astute astute observation
1: that would be exactly what it would be but i mean they didn't need they don't you don't have the uh the classic jason hockey mask in nope. this one anywhere nope. there's not even a reference that's that's not pulled from anything else that's nope. created for this actually the third the movie, third one i think the second this, one he had a burlap sack yeah just like his mom did in mm-hmm. the first one so they sort of established the quote-unquote legacy of jason in the third one um and then about midway through the series, they actually tried to like with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the New Blood. Oh, they tried to reboot it. Again? Yeah, Jason's not in it at all. It's one of the kids pretending oh, to be right. Jason. You're
0: right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and that's yeah, actually yeah. one of the kids from like it was a it was Corey Feldman's character. It was as an adult, and then Paul Rudd was in this franchise as well. No, he was in Fr- What he was in Halloween. Uh, nope. Paul Rudd was in Friday
1: the Thirteenth. He might have been, say. he was in, he was definitely in Halloween. Hold on. I'll tell you that because he plays the neighbor across the street who is the grown up version of the boy from the original Halloween who was babysat by
0: Laura. Uh, Yep. Here we go. Uh, he is in Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, which is what I just said. Yeah. Oh, Halloween. You're right. I know I'm I'm right. Damn it. You're right about Corey Feldman being Friday the 13th. Yeah. Why did I think I combined those two franchises? Because for some reason, I was going to say that Paul Rudd was the uh, grown-up version of Corey Feldman. (laughs) That would be great. That was, that was the, And the grown-up, more successful version of Corey Feldman. For some reason, the personality's kind of jived for me. You know what I mean? Like the schmarmy I mean, sarcastic little yeah. kid growing up into a schmarmy sarcastic little dude.
1: Although, you have to take away the obsession with Michael Jackson and bad music and uh, disastrous live TV performances and add in um, uh, Mac and Me references. That's where the, the shift happens for Paul Rudd and Corey Feldman. Other than that, they're pretty much the same person. Um, Corey Feldman, not in this movie, though. This movie is all about the counselors, all about them shacking up, you know, before summer camp opens, getting the camp prepped. Uh, Now, remind me, in the first one, the camp had been closed, correct, because of all the stuff that had happened? Yeah. And this was the year they were reopening it, which is is what set the mom off. That is absolutely 100% correct. That's what I remembered, but I hadn't—I didn't actually—this is one that I didn't go back and rewatch for this episode, so I wasn't— 100% 100% sure that, uh, that that's what was happening. Um, but yeah, so that's, we've talked a lot about it, but that's my number five. Number five on the list, low on the list, because um, not truly about the summer camp experience, but definitely a movie that hinges on the existence of a summer camp and its cohorts.
0: Um, solid. So so I really like it, and I am curious even more curious to see what the rest of your list is considering you you thought that that was the one that didn't fit necessarily the criteria for being a summer camp movie so please by all means lay your number four on me. Okay my number four is one that I don't hear a
1: lot of people talk about a lot but is definitely a quality uh, in my opinion quintessential summer camp movie and it's uh, 1980s same year as Friday 13th Little Darlings. I don't even know what that is. Really? Nope. Okay, well, let me tell you what this Please is. Please do. This is, starts Tatum O'Neill okay. and Christy McNichol. Okay. So 80s kind of superstars of the teenage feminine variety, if you will. Mm-hmm. But Little Darlings is a summer camp movie about two girls that end up in the same cabin at summer camp on different sides of the tracks. Again, we're, we're talking about 80s movie tropes, but they basically make a bet to see who can lose their virginity first at hmm. summer camp. So, one of the things that's really, really important about this movie is that, especially for the time that it came out, most of the teenage romp comedies are 100% based around the male sexual drive. Okay, I mean that goes well into the aughts with you know the American Pie movies and pretty much every you know road trip and anything else that exists out there. This is kind of a standalone experience where these two girls are sexually active. They own their sexual activity. They, they smoke and they're their own women. And they're trying to do something that they want to do with their own bodies. So it's a really interesting take. And it's an early twist because it came out like in, right in 1980. So it's an early twist on that. Um, it was uh, Matt, Matt Dillon's second movie ever. Okay. He's the heartthrob of this movie, sort of established him as a teenage heartthrob. It is the debut film of Cynthia Nixon, which many people will know from, from sex, sex in the, in the City. City. Um, and it really is just this great encapsulation of a female empowerment film set around the world of Summer Camp. Uh, you could almost sort of... If you took away the sex and them being realistic human beings, you would almost have the the plot of The Parent Trap, except they're not related. They meet, form a bond, and then have a mission that they go about together. So uh, let me
0: just interrupt you here for a second. Um, (laughs) Okay. So you're talking about Little Darlings, and this is clearly, like I said, not something that I was aware of. And I'm Google searching Little Darlings, and uh, I went to an image search so I could see the cast, and... (laughs) I came across what appears to be an advertisement for a a, uh, strip club in Oklahoma called Little Darlings. (laughs) Makes sense. Is it Uh, a little person strip club? uh, Possibly. (laughs) Um, Let me say, because it features on this poster um, what appears to be a meet and greet with Mama June from Honey Boo Boo. And also... (laughs) And also a little person stripper By the name of Lil Sassy Cassie
1: (laughs) Hold on, let me see this Okay, here you go Uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay Um, uh, For everyone not looking at this You you have to (laughs) You have to imagine Basically Mama June is As you remember her Not the new Mama June But she's holding her pointer fingers up to the sides of her mouth And sticking her tongue Out of her mouth with a very come-hither stance and stare next to, as he described, a little person stripper, topless, holding a camo quilt up to her bosom, uh, which is amazing. Um, But, one, I wish I'd never seen this picture. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, it very much makes me think it's a little person strip club, which is an unfortunate name because Little Darlings sounds like a... A child, like a child strip club, definitely like sexy toddlers,
0: one hundred percent. Come on down to short and sexy. Right, um, it's like it's like daddy's daycare, <laughs> which which would be a good one to be honest. What because it, but it's like daddy's like daddy's daycare. <laughs> no,
1: the way I think of it is like a daycare for daddies. Oh, that'd be. But that. of course, it has it has you know boobs and stuff. <laughs>
0: But adult boobs. 18 and over (laughs) boobs. Come on down to mosquito bites. Okay, that's enough. That's enough of that. Come on down to young nubbins. We cannot, no. (laughs) We cannot have this any longer. Well, this is
1: way different than the uh, Little Darlings that I'm talking about that I very much encourage people to go see. Because, again, when this came out, these types of movies really weren't being made for this audience. Um, so that's why it's on my list as number four. I feel like it's an important film. I feel like it's definitely one people should watch if they haven't. Um, and now anyone out there who has seen it, please join me on the team. Little darlings and tell Q how good this movie is. So comment, tweet at us, let him know. Yeah, please. Uh, because Cause I
0: have no idea what the fuck it
1: is. It is a great, great summer camp experience movie.
0: Well, I'm into it. So, so far you're five and four feeling pretty good about them. Yeah. One. I have no idea what it was. And uh, the other one, I definitely know what it was, (laughs) and uh, I disagreed with you that uh, it wasn't a full-on summer camp movie. It's not a summer
1: camp experience movie.
0: But sure it is. They experience death at a summer
1: (laughs) camp. (laughs) So that's my five and four. Um, I like it. Before
0: our commercial break, I think you should do your five and four. Let's do it. I'm into it. So, uh, all right. Cues five and four. My number five is heavyweights. You have heavyweights yeah. on your you list. just knocked that directly into the microphone. It just, up, oh, and it's just getting worse. Just stop moving your mic.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As if people haven't already grown tired enough of the podcast. Now they just have to listen to, like, <laughs> us be unprofessional assholes <laughs> on the mic. Um, I will say heavyweights is one of my honorable mentions. Okay. Heavyweights for me was one of those movies that uh, growing up I I. Absolutely loved it. It is underrated. Like it
1: falls into that category. I think with like, uh, was it B- Buck Wild or what's the one with the 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 bad guy from Home Alone where
0: he's like a, a oh a, a, a bushwhacked
1: bushwhacked. Yeah, I think it falls into that category of movies where people don't really consider it. I a also funny, thought good about film.
0: um like Camp Nowhere. Camp Nowhere is also on my honorable mentions yeah. list. That's a solid one, but for this one, for some reason, it just really, I loved it. I loved Ben Stiller in this movie. He gives one of his best, he gives the precursor performance to Dodgeball
1: in this movie. Like, it's the same character.
0: Oh, 100%. It's that, like, super, like, gym rat machismo. Right, kind of. It's it's ridiculous. Um, Also, interesting fact about this movie, uh, did you know that it was co-written by Judd Apatow?
1: No, but that makes total sense.
0: Yep. Co-written by Judd Apatow and directed by Stephen Brill, who was involved with um, Mighty Ducks. Nice. Yep. See, it feels like a Mighty Ducks
1: type movie. Like, quality, but it's a kid's movie. Um, I always loved in in Heavyweights when they have the secret tree drop off for their candy.
0: Yes! But see, that's what I like. It also had uh, Kenan Thompson. It did. And... um,
1: a kid that was eventually in Mighty Ducks. I don't remember his, the actor's name, but he played the goalie. Yeah. Oh, Mighty yeah. Ducks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Also, um, Jeffrey Tambor. Yes. Is in this movie. Uh, Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's father, is the original owner of right. the camp. Um, and then they also have uh, Paul Fague, who would go on to direct the 2016 Ghostbusters. Or was reboot. he
1: in it? Yeah. What did he? What He's did he one play? of the camp
0: counselors. He was Amazing. the one that lost all the weight. Like he was the skinny camp Amazing. counselor. Amazing. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. Do you remember the show, the TV show, Sabrina? Uh huh. Okay. He was Mr. Poole, the science teacher. Nice. So this was around that time frame. So he looked. He was like just kind of skinny. Had a bowl cut. Like he was just one of the one of the older counselors. I did
1: really. I'm glad this is on your list because, like I said, I debated having it on mine, um, and it is. A, a a better movie than people remember.
0: I I really love it and it's you know it's about these um overweight kids who yeah. get sent to fat camp basically but this fat camp up until Ben Stiller's arrival is like the heaven of fat camps. Like yeah. it's basically just a fat camp that makes them fatter like <laughs> It's just it's all about fun it's not really about losing weight it's just it's, about like you can be with people and not be ostracized totally. in
1: society anymore
0: totally and then it's the anti-fat shaming movie and then Ben Stiller's character shows up and his his Tony Perkis jr. Yes. is his name um, he shows up and takes over the camp and it's basically he turns it into a fat boot camp. Yeah, and so it basically becomes like him putting these kids through all these like torturous scenarios. Oh, it, it becomes like a concentration camp rate. at one point. Like they have like bunk checks. Yeah, they like their their punishments are like super crazy. Yeah, and then it then it becomes them um, fighting back against yes. him basically, and like having a, a a revolution against Tony Perkis and basically his downfall again. But he's like keeping. You know, they can't contact their parents, mm-hmm. like, because the parents can't know what's going on. Right. And it all kind of comes to a head um, over the, the parents, like, come for, like, a parent's day or something mm-hmm. like that. And everything kind of falls apart. Um, but it's awesome. Like, it was one of those movies that I legitimately... I, okay, like, I didn't have any summer camp experiences. I didn't have any summer camp experiences to draw from. But I had hoped that this is what camp was like, minus right. Ben Stiller. I was <laughs> like, these kids legitimately look like they are having so much fun. Like, you fun. were hoping that the first 25
1: minutes of the movie were what summer camp
0: was. 100%. I was just like, this seems fucking awesome. Well, and it is. I mean, I never went to a, a fat camp. I probably
1: should have. But... Um it was that idea of you're away from your parents, you're with people that you're friends with that you are like, and that you you know have activities with that you share and enjoy. Um, that's what summer camp is supposed to be, and what everyone what everyone wants. It's not all these grand adventures, um, and then they have a grand adventure when they do a revolution. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. This is a good one. I'm glad that one of us had it on our list. I did want to talk about it. I did want to talk about it regardless.
0: And, you know, I it was on my list because my list is Hooray. Awesome. Um, all right, so yeah, so that's my number five. So moving right along to my number four. My number four is Friday the Thirteenth. Hey, that seems weird. Weren't we just talking about that movie? D- you didn't tell me that it was your number four. I know because you know I just wanted to save oh. the surprise. <laughs> um. So basically, my uh, number four is Friday the Thirteenth. I totally agree that it is a camp movie. That's why I said that. Um. But just a couple things on it as well. It totally epitomized some of those camp experiences. It went more for like that sexual energy of like, right. a summer camp so you've got all these like horny teenagers running around that are just like yeah we're you know we're free we're <laughs> out from under the parents eyeball. yeah we're
1: horny teenagers we're just gonna
0: b- b- which they may have well have said in that movie they they basically did yeah. i'm pretty sure at one point they were just like hey I, we're horny teenagers how are you <laughs> um but for me that was one of those movies that it uh it just totally – I also, much like heavyweights, I was like, I wish this was what summer camp is like. <laughs> Without the murder. Just – lot. no, that's fine. Oh, murder is with, fine. With yeah, the just. With I the hope murder. it's just sex and just senseless murder.
1: I like that somewhere on someone's rap sheet for their resume and as an actor, it just says horny teenager number three. Totally. <laughs> on
0: it because they definitely didn't have a character name. No, not at all. It's like, it's like uh, pantsless guy. <laughs> <laughs> topless yeah. female <laughs> yeah that's basically yeah. it horny topless teenage female <laughs> um that sounds like a weird spin-off of teenage <laughs> teenage turtles <laughs> horny topless teenage females <laughs> death death fodder number three that's it yeah hey speaking of um this is unrelated to this movie in particular but um i think i had shared a video a while back and i, I know i might have sent it to you it's the, the song, uh, yeah. Yeah. The I think the band is How He's All Right, or it's, it's it's called? one of the actors from the league. It's John John Letrugio, or, or le, le, shit. John Something. La Jolie. That's there it name. is. La Jolie. Um, but he has an amazing song that is basically about the experience of watching for the first time as a kid. Yeah a, like, summer camp slasher flick.
1: I had never heard of this, and then you brought it up and showed it to me, and I watched it probably three or four times because the song's really catchy. Totally. And it really does vitally capture what it is to, like, kind of fall in love with someone who you know is about
0: to be murdered on, right. on screen. Well, and because, I mean, I don't know about a lot of people out there, but, you know, when I saw this movie, it I was probably, I don't know, somewhere between, like, 11 and 13 mm-hmm. for the first 12. time. And uh, yeah, some may call it 12, Um, but I was totally just kind of discovering like being into girls and whatever, like really into girls, and uh, I remember watching these movies and being like weirdly turned on and super disgusted at the same time, because you would basically be like, oh, yeah, like... (laughs) They're about to get busy and they'd be like, oh God, that just, that blade just went through their face. There is a machete in that person right. now. Right. So it was like this weird, and I think that kind of carried on throughout like my adulthood is just like, I really like. Now, the whenever je- you get really turned
1: on, you, you I put a blade through <laughs> somebody's face. I'm not sure if that's how it's supposed to work. Oh, okay. Um, I know they, I know great. they say
0: love hurts, but shots. Ah, I liked it. Uh, but I'm not going to reward it. So, uh, but yeah, for me, so that, you know, that's something I wanted to touch about or touch about. (laughs) It is, it is something I wanted to touch about. (laughs) You know, those mama
1: Junes.
0: (laughs) It is not something that we touched on earlier, Um, but there was this weird kind of like sexual violence connection for some of these summer camp movies in general that had, that were of the horror ilk. Now,
1: this is an, you bring up an interesting thing because that is a very common trope in some of these movies, like the sexual violence. Yep. I can't believe that Friday the Thirteenth started that, but I have trouble kind of placing it really as a mainstream trope before then. Because I mean, before them, a lot of a, a lot of the major horror movies you had, you know, like Suspiria and and The Exorcist and a lot of it wasn't like teenagers who have sex are in danger of... Dying. Of yeah of being dying. murdered. Um, and, you know, the whole movie's basically an STD metaphor. Whatever, guys. It follows. <laughs> but we get it. <laughs> Which I have a theory that It Follows is not about um, a, an STD, but whatever. It's about babies. It's something like that, yeah. It's about children. <laughs> totally. Uh, just ruins your life it's and just breaks r- your and knees. Follow you forever. Breaks your knees backwards. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so I can't think of another movie that sort of mainstreamed the idea that sexually active teenagers were death fodder.
0: Oh, for sure. Can you? No. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like in my mind, this kind of started. But this is a great opportunity for our listeners out there to tweet at us. If we're wrong, kind of pinpoint it for us. Tell us when the whole summer camp sex and violence thing started. Like, when did that become a thing? Right. I would love that. Um, so that's my number five, man. I mean, that's my number four. So my number five heavyweights, number four, Friday the 13th. I love it. Pretty and solid. Off to a good start. I, I think so. So we'll do a commercial break.
1: We'll have some activities, some summer activities, mm-hmm. and we'll come back for our second session. Um, and uh, we'll probably move locations. We'll probably move into one of the cabins or the mess hall. And we'll come back and do our top three. That sounds great. I love it. Let's do it. Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks and I'm getting very scared.
0: Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you.
1: Hey, Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare
0: you to death. Ah! 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 Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh, my God! Sleep away, Camp. You won't be coming home. Ah! 7... Friday, the thirteenth. All right, and we're back broadcasting from the book.
1: Welcome back, campers.
0: (laughs) No, okay, (laughs) sorry, it's not time for that. Have time for i that. love it
1: when you just flat out refuse
0: to yes and what i'm doing
1: <laughs> you know like welcome back Cameron's you're like no <laughs> i was like oh we're not uh, we're, we will <laughs> have none of that you didn't listen in improv class at all q no <laughs> yeah see you're no ending <laughs> no
0: <laughs> you're no knowing no. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Jay, it's time for you to jump us back into our list. Uh, I believe you're at your number three.
1: Yeah, I'm at my number three. I kind of want to fly through these because I don't want us to be late for Dodgeball. Okay. Um, but I'm going to... Not the movie, the activity. Um, but, but the my, movie, yeah. too. I don't want to be late for that. Yeah. But mean, that's not a summer camp movie. We'll get to that when we talk about Dodgeball-based movies. That's fair. The top five Dodgeball-based movies. Um, my number three... Uh, we've actually referenced, I think, two or three times already in this podcast, but my number three is the quintessential summer camp movie, Meatballs. Nice. It is you know, from 1979, so it predates every movie that we've talked about so far. Are you a fan of Bill Murray? I, You know what? A little bit. I like the man. <laughs> I, like I would the have man. never guessed that. You know, it's it's tough for a lot of people to pinpoint. I think what really gives it away is that you and I host a Bill Murray themed game night every single month in Nashville. What? Um, that is a cue towards the fact that I sort of like him. Um, but yes. Well, and speaking of Bill Murray, this is his first major leading like starring role. role. Yep. Which is huge. And honestly, with Meatballs, there's so many good things about this movie that I don't want to just take up the rest of the episode talking about. But, you know, to name some of the big people that really got their start in this, not only did it, in my opinion, establish a framework for what summer camp movies were. Right. I mean, almost every summer camp movie... After Meatballs, in some way, can be compared back to Meatballs, saying, Oh, well, that's like Meatballs, or Meatballs did that, or Meatballs started this. Right, right, but right, right, right. It was the first movie directed by Ivan Reitman, uh-huh. which, is, which is big. Not, not only Ivan Reitman, but now his son, Jason, is taking up the mantle and doing what? some great things. But it was his f- first major studio directing gig. They wanted somebody else, but they dropped out at the last minute. And so Ivan just was like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. Turned out that he is a great filmmaker. Who knew? So that is pretty great. First on-screen starring platform for Bill Murray. And this is where Bill Murray and Harold Ramis first collaborated on a movie set. And as we know, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis would go on to do many great things down the line. So to have this be kind of their first collaboration is, in my opinion, pretty important. And then they would famously... Fall apart. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sad. in time. And we won't, we won't talk about that because I think we've touched on that in a lot of other episodes. But um, one of the things that's interesting about Bill Murray is that they wanted him for the role. They cast him for the role. But because of his obligations to Saturday Night Live, they didn't know if he would actually be able to do it. And he never told anybody if he was – he never confirmed to anybody that he was going to do it. Like he said, yes, I'm there. But then would never follow up with anybody after that. So no one had any idea leading up to the day he was supposed to be on set. That he would actually be there? If he would show. That's crazy. So everyone was just kind of like waiting on pins and needles for him to show up. And they were saying, like, I hope this works out. Exactly. And then he just showed up. And he was like, oh, yeah, I was going to be here the whole time. I just didn't tell anybody. Amazing. So even from an early age, Bill Murray is fucking with the system. He was legend.
0: Wait for it. (laughs) Dairy. Dairy.
1: Um, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that lost momentum fast. You
1: know what? That's what I'm really good at.
0: <laughs> just um,
1: losing momentum, just very quickly. stealing that momentum. Um, I did read some. I did read a factoid about this that Bill Murray Bill Murray wore his own clothes for the movie. So the short shorts and t shirts that he wears were his. Were his amazing that he owned. Um, and it was actually filmed at a summer camp. Which I really? thought was really great. Yeah, interesting. So the set was an actual summer camp, and it was a summer camp that because it was a low budget movie, mm-hmm. a lot of the extras were actual counselors and campers at the camp because it was an active summer camp while they were filming it.
0: Interesting. So they'd be
1: filming, they'd be filming over here, and then you know they'd be filming a movie and like they'd be doing summer camp activities right out oh, right like across right the way, right, oh, like right behind the camera amazing and so the campers you see and counselors running around in the background are, are real yeah they were actually there that's fantastic um but i mean this really was when you think of summer camp movies i didn't put it as number one but it easily could have been just the ones i put higher i like better I honestly seen that um you know the the whole theory of there's a camp counselor who doesn't really care about anything. He's just there for the ladies. Uh, i.e., Bill Murray kind of makes this weird bond with a, with a camper who is ostracized. It kind of helps him find out who he is and come to fruition and you know stand up for himself with the abusive father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. This sort of establish that. Um, you know, the camp counselors who pick on the owner of the camp. I mean, this famously is where Bill Murray moves the camp owner every single night to a different location. So he'll wake up in like a hammock or the the movie famously wakes up in the middle of the lake on his raft on his bed. Great. Um, This established the across the lake rivals and the Olympic style competition that they run. I mean, that's like the second half of the movie. So for me, when it comes to summer camp movies, this, this not only has all the elements, but sort of built
0: all of the elements. Sure. It, like, personified what was up. Yeah.
1: So it's really, really important in my mind when we talk about summer camp movies, which is why it's number three. I dig it. I
0: soups dig it. Whoop. Whoopity whoops. Lay that number toops. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my number two is uh,
1: a newer one. Ooh. But my number two, what I think is one of the best summer camp movies, is Moonrise Kingdom. Mmm. Now, kay. this now, is... Okay. This is one where you could say, well, it's not really a summer camp movie. That's exactly movie. what I was going to say. But it totally is a summer camp movie because the Boy Scout area that the main uh-huh. character leaves uh-huh. is a summer camp. Okay. It's a Boy Scout summer camp. Sure. And he runs away and joins the girl from the family who wouldn't allow her to go to summer camp. Right. And they go and start their own camp on moon you know in this moonrise kingdom I'm on this island I'm
0: surprised that you considered Friday the 13th less of a summer camp movie than this I I have to go back to the the word the very key word a
1: summer camp experience movie okay All right. because a summer camp a, a movie that takes place at a camp isn't right off the bat a summer camp experience movie for me cuz it doesn't capture the idea of a summer sure. camp and the experiences that you, you have know,
0: there. Your, my favorite summer camp movie, Terminator Two, how it just took place during the summer in between schools. Right. Yeah. Um, fuck you. <laughs> uh,
1: no, but like for this one, this is one. One is one of the most Wes Andersoniest movies <laughs> totally. that he has made. One hundred percent. Extremely quirky. But this one, you know, one of the experiences that all, almost all summer camp movies try to personify in some way. I mean, Meatballs did it, uh, Little Darlings did it, even to a degree, you know, Camp Nowhere and some of those others. It's this idea of summer love.
0: Summer loving had summer me a blair. And Moonrise Kingdom,
1: it's number two. It? No. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that, that idea is almost synonymous with summer camp. You know, you think you're going to go away to camp and you're going to, have this camp love and you're going to find this girl and you're going to go back and you know, you're going to find this guy and you are going to fucking and,
0: like jerk off while yeah. watching them change clothes. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's what you think about when you think of camp. Totally. But this movie, that's the premise of this movie is this kid who's at camp that doesn't really fit in finding this girl and they have a connection and he has this first true classic summer love. love. And that to me is what makes it a summer camp experience movie is it's mostly outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, camp if you will. <laughs> uh, See what you did there? Yeah. Clever. Um, and it's about the classic trope of finding your first summer love. Yeah. It's, but like it's, a, compl- it's a trope yeah. on a rope. But it's completely told through a Wes Anderson filter, which... I love the Wes Anderson filter. I think sure. the way he tells stories. That's the best stories. Snapchat filter. Yeah, for sure. Yes. The Wes it Anderson just, filter. It just adds like a 1960s feel to everything. It just, and then it
0: puts all those like yeah. paper doll clothes over yeah. you. So it's just like everything becomes like yeah. 60s or 70s cravats. And,
1: and then for some reason, um, Bill Murray and, and Owen Wilson are in the background.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> just put automatically the puts them over your shoulder.
1: Yeah. For, for whatever. And you
0: get a sweatband and some <laughs> aviator sunglasses. That would be awesome. Guys, um, Snapchat, make this happen. Do it. Come Otherwise, on. Otherwise, High Five is <laughs> going to have to make this Snapchat filter, and we don't want to have to take all the money for that. Actually, yes, we do. Yeah. Let's get on that immediately. Trademarked. We've, never, mailed, we've written it down and mailed it to we ourselves. We can't do it anymore. Sorry.
1: Well, um, I mean, one of the things about this movie that always kind of jumped out at me, and I don't think it was their first collaboration, but this is the one where I really realized how perfect Edward Norton was for the Wes Anderson universe. Oh, I thought you were just going to end it there. Oh. This is the first time I realized how perfect Edward no edward, i edward norton was. i knew edward norton was perfect long before this Sure, but for the he does West, fit yeah you i never would think that though like you
0: look at primal fear and hulk and some of the things that he did i don't know he kind of has that quirky sensibility i mean look at like death the smoochie that one is right you know what mine. i mean you're right um but you know and he was even better in was it a grand budapest hotel Yes, but that is also Wes Anderson. No, I'm saying, like, yeah. so he totally fit. Like, I'm just saying, he started yes. off in Moonrise Kingdom, but then I was like, yeah, you're right. He found his stride, and he was great yeah. in Grand Budapest Hotel. Now, State.
1: did Budapest or Moonrise Kingdom come first?
0: Uh, Moonrise Kingdom
1: came that's first. That's what I thought. So that's what I say This is the first time I realized how perfect he was yeah. for this Oh, type. totally. And then when I saw him in Grand Budapest, I was like, you're oh, like, of, course. of course. Yeah.
0: Is um, he going to be in the new Wes Anderson I think he is. I think uh what is it voice? the Dogs Isle of Dogs? Isle of
1: Dogs? It looks great. It's it's um uh anima- it's claymation. Oh, like uh, stop Fantastic Mr. Fox again. Yep, it nice. is. I look Fantastic um, Mr. Fox. So, uh, you know, this one was one because they used some unnamed actors, you know, the main characters are these kids. Um it was done on a relatively small budget. Like I think he matched the budget he used for Bottle Rocket to make this movie. Ooh, okay. Which interesting is very impressive, and again, it just of all the Wes Anderson movies, this one just has a really unique feel to it. I, I mean, totally agree. It's on that island; it sort of feels otherworldly
0: to Definitely. a degree,
1: and <clears throat> there's just something about the beauty and the heart to that movie that's very, very appealing. Like you, you totally feel for these kids, and then you know when they're together at the end and just kind of dancing on the beach, you're like this is just. Perfect. Like this is yes, they deserve this. You totally. deserve this. Good job, kids. And, but I totally wanted to go to that summer camp that Edward Norton ran and then run away, just
0: like that kid <laughs> did.
1: Amazing. Like he has the most. It's the weirdest. It's so Wes Anderson, but it's the weirdest like Boy Scout. Oh, summer I agree. Camp ever. Totally. And he's so quirky, and I mean, Bruce Willis is in this one, which yep. he fit in perfectly to this totally thing too. Like it's. I don't know. It's good. There was just everything about it set it apart a little bit but felt so in line with everything else he'd done but to me when i think of summer camp experience you this, think moonrise this Kingdom. really captures that summer love idea i mean
0: it has to to be your number 2 i mean that's that's up there so it can only be bested yeah by your
1: number 1 which i think honestly by the fact of omission thus far almost everyone should guess what my number 1 is I'm going to guess that it is. You're going to make a serious guess or you're going to make something stupid? Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, <laughs> something
0: stupid. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, can I actually guess yeah. it? I'm going to guess it's Wet Hot American Summer. You are damn right. It's nice. Wet Hot American
1: Summer. I, this movie to me is not only the perfect encapsulation of a summer camp movie, but it does what David Wayne and Michael Showalter do best which is they heightened the absurdities of tropes, you know. So if anyone's seen and they came together, which is their yes. their take on a romantic comedy, it's this is the genesis of almost everything they would do, in my opinion, through the state. Even though they'd done the state before this, sure. Um, it is it's everything that you love about summer camp movies, crammed into one spam can. And then heightened with their their comedic sensibilities, which I don't know if anybody can match the way that they make fun of things. Oh, I agree. Totally. Because there are spoof movies that are incredibly on the nose. And then there are funny movies and satires that are subtle and, or just funny in their own right. But then somehow, David Wayne and Michael Sherwalter... both? They have figured out this balance of... Mimicking things that are instantly recognizable while not directly spoofing anything in particular? In per- yes. And making them so absurd that it's
0: hysterical across the board like the going into town and shooting up heroin scene <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah like that's a, a fantastic example it's like there's always
1: these scenes or this idea that the counselors have this leeway and they go into town and they're like living it up and having a party but they take it five <laughs> steps <laughs> they ratchet further. it yeah. way high <laughs> and they're doing like they're shooting heroin and cocaine and they just are fine right they and then they're back, back to the yes. camp
0: no problem
1: and And this, I mean, and you might agree with me on this one, but the cast of this movie, especially before a lot of them were well-known and famous. I mean, 2001 was kind of that turning point for a lot of these. But, I mean, Paul Rudd, um, Bradley Cooper. It's Bradley Cooper's first thing. Uh, Did you know that, I actually read this, Bradley Cooper skipped... His graduation ceremony from to the actor this? studio. I did hear about to, that. To yeah, be yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, uh launched basically Elizabeth Banks' career. Dro- Joe Trulio. Yeah. I think that's Jola how you say Trulio. it is just amazing. Um, Amy Poehler. Amy, yeah. A- Amy Poehler. Uh, Janine Garofalo. David um, Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. I'm Christopher tr- Maloney. That's who... That, uh, yes, that's who I was trying to... You know, Christopher Maloney. But then there's the other... Um, uh, the other comedic actor who was in why can't I think of this guy's name? Um
0: I don't know. Oh Moreno. Ken Moreno. Oh, Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Who he's a staple of like the Wayne yes. group. Like that's from why I the was, state and all that stuff. That's why I was very
1: upset that I couldn't remember his name. And just the plethora of
0: comedic talent. Oh Molly Shannon? The, oh Isn't yes. This?
1: Oh my God, Molly Shannon. And her her B storyline that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> else. It's so great of these unbelievably knowledgeable kids helping her through through her her divorce divorce.
0: (laughs) and her just like slowly breaking down, like while she's just doing arts and crafts and then her basically falling in love with (laughs)
1: with with one (laughs) of the kids. It's, It's just so great. And the first scene that comes to mind for me, whenever I think of this movie and there's so many good parts, but one of the first scenes that I think of is, the scene where Michael Showalter is trading his coat with the girl. Like they're out in the barn and she's like, Oh, I'm cold. And then he gives her his coat and then he's like, well, that's kind of my favorite shirt. So she gives it back and then she puts her cardigan (laughs) on on him. And then she's like, Oh, I'm cold. And he's like, Oh, too bad. Like the subtleness of that scene and the comedy in it is so good. And so on point. That this is a movie that I will laugh out loud at over and over and over again, and totally. then Christopher Maloney, um, where most people just know him from Law and Order. I would say, yeah, um, he's such a serious type of actor. To him, be playing the crazy cook is is great.
0: Oh, one hundred percent.
1: And then the the joke of where they you know they again play on the tropes of older actors playing what are supposed to be high school students. And so they're all like in their 40s playing like high school counselors, and then taking it a step further for the show, like for the Netflix series, where now they're in their 50s, but it's a prequel show. So they're supposed to be even younger than they were. And they've all like gained weight or changed what they look like. It's ridiculous. And that's what I kind of love. And, and as you know, I love ridiculous style humor. I know you do. So like th- that being a running gag is just great. It's just brilliant to me. And I think everything that they do in that movie is pretty brilliant. Um, you referenced a, as a joke earlier, like the, the satellite bit falling from outer space. Yeah. And that was something that David Wayne and Michael Showalter actually pulled from their own camp experiences. Cause when they were in summer camp, when they were younger, it was when the, like satellites Sputnik were, and stuff yeah, like that was, And people were afraid that debris was falling into the atmosphere. And like, what if something fell at the camp? And then it does fall at the camp in the movie and causes that electrical storm that the kid is, oh, it's just, and it's hard to describe when you try to describe to people how funny the movie is. And you, you say what happens. They're like, I don't see why that's funny, but they're not seeing the heightened element. Sure. Of how further they're taking, like when when they're reacting to the talent show and it's like the dumbest joke ever, but then they cut to it and they're like puking, and they're laughing so hard. Um, I also love when Ken Marino, anytime a kid catches him doing something wrong, he drives them off in the van and throws them in the woods. Oh, totally. And then, <laughs> and then comes back.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is absolutely one of my favorites, yeah. and I I couldn't agree, man, more. I actually did read a thing
1: that they made it on such a low budget that Paul Rudd to this day says that he's not even sure he got paid for it. <laughs> he's like, I know they made. He's like, he's like, they made it on a short budget. I, don't know I was supposed to get paid, but so many things fell through the cracks that it, I probably didn't even get paid for doing it. But yeah, that's my number one. So I think in my opinion, it is the best summer camp movie that's ever been made.
0: I, um, I dig it, man. I dig your list. Very we go you back. want to roll back yeah. through it real quick?
1: So uh this is Jay's list. My number five is Friday the 13th mm-hmm. My number four is Little Darlings. My number three is Meatballs. No, wait,
0: just to clarify, the movie, not the Oklahoma. Not the Mama S- June strip, strip club. club, yeah. Okay.
1: And number three is Meatballs. Number two is Moonrest Kingdom. And number one is Wet Hot American Summer.
0: I love it. So I really love that list.
1: I am very curious to hear your top three because the one you referenced that's not about quote unquote summer camp. Uh-huh. We still haven't
0: got to yet. Right. So I want to know where our lists differ. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Oh, I am. We're going to start with that one. So my number three is the movie that takes place at a summer camp, but it's not about a summer camp. You ready for this? Yeah. The Final Girls. That movie is good. It is a damn good movie. And it takes I am place s- at a summer camp. I am sad that I don't have that on my list. And is not about summer camp. It's you know actually, what, you're right. It's about
1: a movie of that summer. takes place <laughs> in <a laughs> summer camp.
0: So that's what made it earn its place on my list.
1: Didn't I recommend this movie? To you, you did. Yeah, yeah you did. So and I hadn't
0: seen it. So basically, just just for the audience, um, I don't want to say too much because I feel like this is probably a movie that a lot of people haven't seen. I feel like it didn't get a real big push when it came out.
1: I'm honestly very upset that I don't have this on my list and I kind of
0: want to reorder some of the
1: ones that I have <laughs> It's now.
0: too late. I know. It's locked in. I've already said it live. Um. So, so Final Girls, the basic premise of this is uh, it's about a girl um Taisa Farmiga, Mm -hmm. whose mother, Malin Ackerman, was... Vera Farmiga. uh, Correct. (laughs) No, that's (laughs) her sister. Uh, Her mother, Malin Ackerman, played by Malin Ackerman, was an actress who was very famous, or I'd say very famous, but who was famous at one point for starring in a camp slasher flick. Mm -hmm. And through the course of this movie... They kind of, her, uh, Thaisa Farmiga, and some of her friends get transported into well, the film. One
1: of her friends being the very amazing Thomas Middleditch.
0: Oh, 100, and, the, and another person in the movie who is not one of their friends, but being Adam Devine from, yeah. from uh, Workaholics.
1: I have to say, and this might be controversial, Adam Devine is only funny to me in certain contexts, like, I think that he really has one character. Sure. And that character is perfect for this goddamn movie. Totally, because he plays, like, the meathead yeah. jock asshole guy. <laughs> the
0: movie version of a meathead right. jock asshole. Which is, and, even, and see, that's why, okay, so just to clarify, so they get sucked into this world where this movie is happening, and they become kind of unwilling participants in this movie as it plays yes. out. But the reason it made its way onto my list, aside from being a great movie, is it itself is kind of a meta commentary on slasher yeah. camp movies. So it it very much so brings to the forefront all of the tropes founded by your Friday the 13th and whatnot, or your sleepaway camp. I was going to see if you were going to mention sleepaway camp. Um, that basically, and it kind of brings those to the fourth. So you have kind of the faceless killer Who's hidden behind a mask. He chases a lot of them with, with machetes. You've got your trope characters. So you've right. got your slutty girl. You've got your like jockhead, you know, asshole douchebag. You've got guy. your like
1: virginal, virginal, like good girl. Right, which is Malin the, Ackerman. Which
0: is Malin Ackerman. So that's Taisa Farmiga's mother is that character. But then what's funny is you've got them all juxtaposed with the guy, the characters that get sucked into the movie um, which kind of also mirror some of the character (laughs) tropes sort of. Um, And, but then also they're commenting on like how they don't fit into it. Well, what's interesting about that movie is that if you, you know, look back through the history of
1: cinema, tropes are always common, but the type of tropes change. And so the horror movie tropes of like the 1980s, and the, and the movie tropes of nowadays are very different while they definitely have caricature tropes. So it's basically watching the tropes of now times mix with the tropes of then times. So like, you know, the 1980s tropes, you have like the overly slutty girl and you had the virginial, you know, good girl and you had the jock and you had like the unwitting camp counselor who doesn't know anything. Well, nowadays you have like the overly obsessive pop culture nerd And you have the strong-willed feminist character, and you have like the level-headed good girl, but that still has like sex and and smokes and stuff. Exactly. And then you have like kind of a a schlubby friend, and those all mat don't mesh with the tropes of the eighties, and then watching them interact is
0: is great. And that's kind of what makes this movie a quintessential camp movie for me, is because it. It totally has to do with all of the camp movie slasher tropes that we're talking about. But giving it a fresh, unique spin. And it's a fucking good movie. It really is. It's funny. It's suspenseful. It's kind of heartfelt. (laughs) Like it deals with some heavy like loss issues and how to cope with that. Well, and one of the
1: meta things that I love about that movie is that because they have seen this film and they know how it ends. They try to subvert the story to help characters that they like, but the same things end up happening, but in different ways. It's almost like final destination. Like when you avoid death for one person in one way, it finds them another way because the story still has to progress for this quote unquote movie.
0: And then they, so they have to figure out a way to basically go outside of all of it and figure out a solution. Exactly. And that's I don't know, something about that is just crazy to me. I, I love it. I really like it. So that, movie. that it, that's why it cemented its its spot on my number 3. I like it. Um all right, so moving right along to my number 2. My number 2 is Ernest Goes to Camp.
1: You have an <laughs> Ernest movie on of here? Of course I do. That's
0: one of my honorable mentions. You know me. I know. I love Ernest and for some reason the Ernest Goes to Camp movie, just like Ernest Goes to Jail, those are the two movies that I think of most. I also, every once in a while, can throw in Ernest Scared Stupid or I mean, Ernest Saves Christmas. Saves Christmas for me
1: is, is but high on that list.
0: This is uh, this is not only was it a great '80s camp movie that I thought of because it kind of I don't want to say showcased a realistic camp because it's fucking uh-huh. Ernest. But it was filmed in Tennessee. It was filmed at Montgomery Bell State Park. It did have parachuting turtles. It did. It totally did. Um, So basically, I mean, this movie, to be honest, it has all the tropes from Mm -hmm. all of the other movies that we're talking about. You have the kind of relay versus another external camp. You have kids trying to uh, learn their own self-value and self-worth. You have the kids being, um, you know, kind of fighting – between um, like unfair camp counselor people. Yeah. Um, and then on top of all that, you have Jim Varney, Jim Varney <laughs> basically playing a, the Southern version of a peewee character. He is a grown man playing essentially a, a man with the mentality of a 10 year old who, is, who works at this camp. Basically, yes. he's not attending it. He works there. Yeah. And, um, well, he can't ever fix the sign. He always falls off a ladder and hurts himself. Right. But it's kind of one of those things. For some reason, Ernest was a huge part of my childhood. Like, um, there was a TV show that he used to have as well called Hey Vern, I'm on TV. Or yeah. Hey, yeah, it's, I think it's Hey Vern, I'm on TV. Um, but Ernest, the Ernest character, was a huge part of like my upbringing. Oh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. And I
1: love i I watch the Ernest movie so much. The only reason it's not on this list for me is I don't consider it a really
0: good movie. It's not a good movie. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's not a good movie, but it's a camp movie, and it's a it's a movie that I think of when I think summer camp. Like I immediately go to Ernest. Like it just epitomizes yeah. that kind of fun and yeah. silliness. I always think of the bus
1: that they make into their like destructomobile, <laughs> like yes! their their roving fort.
0: Yes. Um it's uh, Camp Camp Kikiki. Yes. Is the is the camp that he works at. Uh but yeah, they um they uh it's the, it's an evil construction company and right. they're, they're looking to demolish Camp That's Kikiki.
1: Right. And they 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 get advice from a wise old Indian Exactly. Which may or may not be racist. But exactly.
0: <laughs> but it's just these kind of like crazy, um, I don't know, it's kind of these crazy like scenarios. Yeah. Well, and it did benefit from having this this quote unquote standard earnest cast
1: of characters. Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy, the, the the overweight guy with the eyeballs that go back and forth really fast. Yeah. He's he, the cook in it. Yes. And then his silent friend. Uh, almost, yeah, almost it, the original Pin and Teller.
0: Yeah, you've got Eddie and uh, Bobby Wayne.
1: Yeah, Bobby, Bobby,
0: Bobby is the silent one. Bobby, yeah. come oh. here, Bobby. Let me tell you something, Bobby. I don't know how he does that thing with his eyes, but it's awesome. Um, but uh, his that actor's name is uh, I don't know how you even pronounce this, G A I L A R D, Gayard. Yeah, sure. Gillard Sartan. But basically, he is. That's the. That's who he is. He's the guy from the Ernest movies that always did the like crazy like fast. He wasn't in Scared Stupid. No, he was in Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, and Hey Vern, it's Ernest or or the Ernest TV series.
1: The the three that I think of when I think of the Ernest quote unquote canon is Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Ernest. I mean, Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest um, and Ernest uh, Saves Christmas. Ernest Scared Stupid. Is kind of that outlier of this is my last major theater outing, right? Because yeah. you have like Ernest Rides Again and a couple like Ernest, Ernest goes B- to Africa and Ernest Gets an Enema. Like, there's a lot of them after right. that went like straight to DVD before Jim Varney passed yeah. away.
0: But oh, R. right, or played Slinky Dog <laughs> yes. in Toy Story. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Dude, then totally they got a, the voice
1: of Slinky. Dog. Then they got a,
0: a Jim Varney impersonator for Toy Story to Finish. Three, yeah, um, so. That movie, like I said, there's not really a lot to be talked about about the movie. It's not a great movie, but it is a summer camp movie. And it is one of those that holds a really big nostalgia, you know, kung fu grip on my heart. Yeah. Just because when I grew up, that was. A Summertime. I always watch that. Oh movie. yeah,
1: me too. And it is an honorable mention for me. I did Good. want us to talk about it a little bit.
0: That makes me very happy. So basically, check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's a terrible movie, <laughs> <laughs> but it holds itself in high esteem because of you know it's a it's a summer movie. I would just recommend you have an Ernest binge session where you watch all just the light. ones we listed. Yeah. yeah, Ernest saves Christmas. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest goes to camp and, and if, you time, if you have time Ernest scared stupid right with us not much the rest of the rest of them not worth it it doesn't matter you don't have to watch yeah. them we go ahead and give you a pass we've watched them for you yes um all right so that brings me to the number 1 and I'm anxious can you guess what my number 1 is i want it to be wet hot american summer you win it's wet Yay! hot american summer high five, high five. Looks like we got another Jinxies on the way. I'm so happy about this Jinxies. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, unequivocally, Wet Hot American Summer is my favorite summer camp movie of all time. It's the best. It's the best that's ever been made. It takes, just like you said, everything you enjoy about summer camp movies. It gives that to you, but then it also kicks it up several more notches to make it absolutely absurd. Right. But still enjoyable. Um, it has some of my favorite quotes or lines from it. Give me some. Uh, one Give of my some. favorites is, uh, is the, uh, chef Christopher Maloney uh-huh. and how he consistently will say like weird things randomly. One of my favorites is I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. <laughs> right. And they're like, what Or the, I forget the actor's name, like the redheaded guy who's his assistant. Yeah. 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 But he's like, what? He's like nothing. Right. <laughs> and he's like, did you just say I'm going to go fondle my sweater? He's like, no. Or he's like, I'm going to go hump the fridge. Yes. And And he's he's like, humping the fridge. (laughs) He's (laughs) humping the fridge, right? I think at one time he's like, "Uh, I'm going to go look for my ass cream. (laughs) Yes. And they're like, did you just say you're going to go look for ass cream? He's like, no. And it's just like, he keeps saying like these very weird, like. Yeah.
1: It's not even like, it's the the common trope of say something weird. Someone says what? And they'd be like, I'm going to go get the ice cream.
0: Like something that could sound like it. He just says, no. Right. Did (laughs) you just say that? And he's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, Uh, yeah, he did. That was so weird. But the fondle my sweaters was the one that always got me. And I don't know why, because that's such like a weird statement just in general. Um, And it's not even overtly sexual. It's just (laughs) like, I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. It's like, what? Uh, (laughs)
1: What? Well, and then like the talking about heightening the the trope with, you know, Paul Rudd, his asshole counselor, like making out with women and counseling campers. While
0: kids actively drown in front of him or steal, like, uh, speedboats. One of my favorite, speaking of Paul Rudd, one of my favorite fucking scenes. Okay, so Paul Rudd plays, like, the douchebag cool guy. He has a scene in the mess hall where he gets upset and like knocks his plate and shit yes! on the floor. Yes. And, uh, Janine Garofalo makes him pick it up and he is like walking around like a dejected, like his face is in the air and he's like, Ugh! and he like walks over and like his arms are limp and he just like reaches down and picks up the plate and just like throws it. It's super mopey. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious. And it lasts like two minutes. <laughs> it's so long. It's so long. And I just remember watching that and be like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's just because it's so like, that's oddly acceptable for his character because his character is that like, whatever, man, I don't give a fuck. Kind of like God. And and in the show, the Netflix
1: show, he rides his motorcycle like into the mess hall and 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 then just just dumps it. it. Like he he just just jumps jumps off off
0: of it. (laughs) Just like slides.
1: Two funny things about this movie, and since we're talking about Paul Rudd, you know this movie is the reason he got cast in Anchorman? That doesn't surprise me. Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were huge fans of it, especially his performance. This is why he got cast.
0: That doesn't surprise
1: me. This movie is also why Seth Rogen cast Elizabeth Banks in um, Knocked Up.
0: Okay. He told her that. He's like, yeah, I cast you in this because you're hilarious in that movie. That's funny. I, I totally get it. Like All of that makes sense because these were legit- star making roles mm-hmm. like as funny as and, and as small as the movie is these are some of the best comedic performances by some of these these comedic actors you know what i mean like at the top of their game kind oh yeah of thing. amy polar is
1: almost never been better outside of leslie nope
0: man and her her whole thing with um what's bradley name? cooper bradley cooper and they're just the theater kids like yeah. the resident theater uh, you know experts makes me laugh so hard well And I love the bit that they did in the television show because
1: everyone agreed to come back. Right. And Bradley Cooper came back, but he had so many other obligations that they could only get him for one day. So they basically made a running gag that he was... DJ ski mask right and so For most of the most of the run of the show He's wearing a ski mask and it's not Bradley Cooper (laughs) but it's his character Because they
0: couldn't get him to film it So all of his stuff was filmed in like One day but I love it yeah and then They have um um so Speaking of the television show okay so that's That's an interesting thing for me I really 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 clearly love this movie The TV show Was okay for me it was funny. Right. It was not the movie. I the thing about the TV show,
1: I liked it. And I watched it. I won't go back to it the way I go back to this movie. Sure. I watch this movie a lot. Um, the thing about the T V show is I o- it's almost the same problem I had with the show The State. Do you remember that show on Comedy yeah, Central? Absolutely. I enjoyed their skit show, but the the way their jokes are, that that's the kind of the heightened over version of a trope, I think it works in small doses. Right. And I binged that show. I think if I had watched one episode of that show a week, it would have been hilarious. It would have been better because it had been like 30, 40 sure. minute bursts. And I mean,
0: it had a great cast too. Not only did you have the returning cast, but you had Jason Schwartzman. Yes. You had H. John Benjamin. <laughs> oh, as the talking can of yeah. Spam. Well, before he became that, when he <laughs> was like the head of the yes. camp and yes. then yes. fell into a pit of toxic waste <laughs> and became I a talk and that. became a talking can. It was mixed vegetables. Okay. Well, what it was. Sorry. My bad. But what's funny is they reference, that's a reference from the first movie because right. uh, Christopher Maloney is constantly talking to this or yeah. is seen talking to this can of vegetables. Yeah. Um, and so then they, they play it up yeah. even more. But the one thing, the one gag that I think hit the most for me in the television series Was because in this movie, they talk about meeting up 20 or 15 years later or whatever Uh to do it again or to see each other again and see where they are. And what's funny is because you would expect that's what the series is going to be. But instead, this went earlier than the movie. So you have all of these characters and actors who have aged 15 years beyond <laughs> yes. where the first movie took place, and this is supposed to take place several years prior to that movie. So you have everyone... Uh,
1: it's only... No, no. A, m- a month or two. Oh, is it? Okay. Because the movie is the last day of camp. It takes place at the... you know, It starts oh. at oh, the... Oh, so, yeah, so you got first up.
0: day of camp, last day of yes. camp. Yes. So gotcha. it's the
1: day that all the kids arrive and the counselors get
0: there. Gotcha. So it's so like two months earlier. So that's, that was hilarious to me is because, Oh, wow well, I didn't, you know what? I never realized that I'm gonna have to go back and watch a TV show and bookend it with the movie. Yeah.
1: Because that's what, that's what the joke is, is that the movie is, it takes place in one day. Right. So it's the last day of camp and the, the, TV show is called, what, House America's number, First Day, day of camp. camp. Right. So it's the same year. It's just when they first meet each other at the beginning of camp, before they have all their inside jokes and
0: bonds. That's really funny. But I'm going to have to go back and do that and then bookend it by watching the movie to see if it, Definitely. Like, uh, see if all the jokes cross over. They do. Into the movie. They do. And, and that's one of the things that's th-
1: that I appreciated about the show is that it's almost a one-to-one. Like,
0: they they spent time mapping it out interesting interesting well then i definitely want to watch it and that'll give it more but i couldn't agree with you more that i think it is definitely the quintessential um summer camp movie but may i may i also add or recommend that people check out there's a documentary on netflix as well um it's very good called hurricane of fun the making of wet hot american summer and it is Fascinating the shit that they went through yeah. to get this movie made. Well, apparently, you know, they filmed it at a
1: real summer camp. Yep. It was raining like nonstop every day. And I forget the actor's name, but there's a very famous actor, something like J.K. Simmons or something like that, who went to this camp that they were at as a child mm-hmm. and his picture's on the wall.
0: Yeah. So they were like calling him on set that he's like, Did you go to this camp? And he's like, Yeah, I love that place. Yeah. But it's, it's, fascinating check it out hurricane of fun making a wet hot american summer that's my list man i love it i love Uh, it. and actually uh one of the things
1: that uh contrary to popular belief none of that movie was improvised they scripted out every joke every gag every everything a lot of people think that it's because there's so many funny people and a lot of them are known for improv that a lot of it is made up on the spot but almost none of it is which is great um
0: that is very interesting
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought they talked about that, though, in the documentary, that it was a lot of it was. I'd have abrupt. to go back
1: and check. I don't think it was. I think I think a lot of people think that it is. But that just because of yeah, the but, actors and but, what but David Wayne for. and Michael Showalter had scripted like just about everything. Interesting.
0: Well, I love it, man. So to give you a run back through of my list, uh, this is Q's list. I've got number five, Heavyweights. Number four, Friday the 13th. Number three, The Final Girls. Number two, Ernest Goes to Camp. And number one, motherfucking Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. That's love a pretty it. solid list, man. I love your list. I like both of our lists. I think they feel good. We should go watch them. Hey, summer is here. Yeah. Yeah. So get your asses in front of the television and not outside. <laughs> and watch and summer- watch these movies about people enjoying the outside. I love it. Or getting killed. So now it's time for us to go to commercial. But when
1: we come back, we're going to have some summer games.
0: Summer games. Are we going to compete with the camp
1: from across the lake? Of course. Fuck. Yeah, hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available in this price range. For one summer, the parents of 300 children. You must be the short, depressed kid that we ordered. Come on inside, Frankenstein. I'll buy a cocktail. Are putting their faith. These are the camp rules. They'll be in here if you want to check these out a little bit later. In one man. <laughs> There's no way we're gonna beat this team. What are we gonna do? We're gonna lose. But we can lose with some self-respect. It just doesn't matter!
0: It just doesn't matter! I gotta, go. I gotta go. How's the light? Okay. Yeah, for now. But if you don't win, we cut it off.
1: But the real excitement, of course, is gonna come at the end of the summer, uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee, and $2,000 cash tries to visit as many countries as he can. Oh
0: my God, take oh.
1: And in the winter, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week Bill Murray. Meatballs. Really? This summer, take a trip back to 1981 with the special people who made summer camp unforgettable. <laughs>
0: aren't supposed to be out of your bunks you're in trouble
1: the camp director
0: four campers are stuck in the ropes course i meant to tell you about that yesterday could you get to it now
1: the counselors
0: wait for me abby bernstein wait for me my darling wait 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 Last one's taken off my shirt.
1: The kitchen staff. Finish up the taters. I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. Come <laughs> on,
0: what? You said you were going to go fondle your sweaters. No, I didn't. The water sports. Hey, Andy, can I take out
1: the barbie Sure. The nature hikes. Out! Out! And of course, who can forget? The sacks, the muggies, the cover ups, the malaria, the psychotherapy.
0: Hello
1: and the friendships that last a lifetime. We want you to be the guest of honor at our wedding next week. From USA Films (laughs) and creators of TV's The State. A renegade piece of Skylab heading right for the count. Oh, my God. It could kill us all. (laughs) Janine Garofalo, David Hyde-Pierce, Paul Rudd, Christopher
0: Maloney, and Molly Shannon. Andy, have you seen my swimming buddy? I was busy. It's your job to make sure kids don't drown. Um... Where are we going? To a big secret pizza party. Wet
1: Hot American Summer.
0: All right, campers. Welcome back, campers. No. That's twice. That's twice. Three times and you're out of here. So we are back yet again. This time we're at the game fields. This is the game session. That's what they call it, right? At a summer camp, I was never there. But the fields where the games happen.
1: Game fields makes a, uh, a pretty convincing argument. Normally, I just called it the fields of sadness. Because yeah. I was never very athletic. Oh, sad! I the never went to summer camp. Emb- <laughs> the embarrassment meadow. <laughs> I like to say. Pick last field hills.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, the trail of tears. Oh. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs>
1: not that. Not that. Not that. Don't appropriate. Pass. That. That's not for you. You know what? Edit that out.
0: Oh no! Damn I'm, it! I'm leaving it in. I am leaving it in. Um.
1: Why are you making shirt nipples?
0: Because it's fun. <laughs> Also, um, I'm currently wearing this super spiffy High Five the Podcast t-shirt. Ooh. Hey, Q,
1: can people get one of them for themselves?
0: Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess not. But
1: one day, maybe one day soon, we're working on it. If uh, Actually, if you go to the, the camp gift shop and use some of your um, camp Money Don't You Want a Nookie uh, credits, uh-huh. you can totally get one.
0: Um, do we have the ones with the logo on the website though? Somewhere, yeah. With this logo, the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, then go check it out, man. Woo-hoo. Go check us out. It's like buy slick, some shit. Slick shirt or something like that. Hell yeah. Shirt Street. Shirt Street. Dot Slick. Bullshirt Co. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah. Facebook. Go to our Facebook. You can buy shit on there. Yay. Um, also, we're it's game time. Like we said, and you're gonna introduce what our summer activity is going to be. So for,
1: so today, campers, for our activity, we have what's called the never-ending pitch. Now, this was a game that uh, I'm taking from camp experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's sort of a, a one-line story type of game. We each get 10 seconds, and we're going to pitch a movie s- plot, basically, that takes place at a summer camp. It can go in any direction that any of us, either of us want us to do, but I'll get it started and I'll give the plot for 10 seconds where I stop, you pick up and we'll go for two minutes. Sounds great. All right. So I'm going to shake out my shoulders here. The never ending pitch begins now. It's the first day of camp. All the counselors have arrived and Jim, our
0: hero, has been assigned his bunk, the woodchucks. Now, you would think that the woodchuck bunk would have something to do with woodchucks, but it turns out it's actually decorated with squirrels. Lots and lots of squirrels. This bothers Jim
1: to no end, especially because his campers are a
0: gaggle of talking woodchucks that are afraid of squirrels. And even weirder, they're actually no campers. It turns out Jim is insane. (laughs) He's been living at this camp for the past... Three years,
1: and he's taken it upon himself. And the reason that there are no campers is he is systematically murdering every child that comes onto the campgrounds. But not
0: just any children, only the sexually non-active children, because Jim is tired of some, <laughs> <laughs> summer camp tropes. And so, whenever Jim
1: sees two ac- two children. Going at it, he gives them a thumbs up. But if it gets playing Game Boy by himself in the corner, he gets the he gets a harpoon through the chest.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but the the actual crazy reveal at the end of this scenario was that it wasn't Jim at all. It was actually
1: his sister Martha. Who had cut her hair short and was going through a
0: sex change operation to become Jim, the older brother she idolized from birth. But what's even crazier than that, she had actually drowned at the beginning of the movie.
1: (laughs) And it was really their mom going through a sex change to become Martha to then go through another sex change to become Jim.
0: And that is how the story of Camp Do You Want a Nookie came to be. So that was pretty good. Uh, no,
1: I, I liked it. It went a little bit off the rails there. We got away from the talking woodchucks, which I think was probably smart. Which were um, not real. No, I actually really liked the beautiful mind switch. And I do think there should be a movie where the targets are the sexually non-inactive. <laughs> just to add insult to injury. <laughs> right. um, or add injury to injury. Yeah. Or injury to insult. insult? Yeah. Because yeah. if you're not getting laid... You may as well get murdered. That's right. Because what are you bringing to the? You're not furthering the species, goddammit. Right.
0: Get out of here, dead kids. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was fun, man. This has been a great time at camp. I, I have enjoyed. it. I hope you enjoyed your first experience at summer camp. I did. I one time at band camp, <laughs> I got a flute, and I you'll s- you'll notice that um
1: American Pie Band Camp was not on my list or honorable. It mentions. wasn't. No. Although, there were uh, two honorable mentions that neither of us talked about that I'm kind of surprised. One is neither of us talked about Adam's family values. Nope. Which I, I don't consider that a camp movie. Really? Why not? Because it just has a small section that takes place in that summer the camp. The whole bees story is them at summer camp. Okay, but like that's not the plot of the movie. Yeah, which is why I didn't put it in my top five. And then, have you ever seen the movie, But I'm a Cheerleader?
0: Yeah, I love that movie. That one's a good one. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I didn't think of that one, so that's why it's not on my list. (laughs) I don't think
1: it's better than the ones that we listed, but it's one that a lot of people, I'm surprised you've you've watched. It's really good,
0: though. Yeah, uh, it's about the homosexual camp or whatever, right? It very much is. It has RuPaul as one of the... RuPaul's in it. um, Natasha uh, Leone from mm -hmm. Orange is the New Black. Yes.
1: For some reason, I always think of American Pie for her first um, because she was like the sarcastic friend. Yeah, totally. Um, but I yeah. always
0: think of what is that movie Down and Out in Be- or the Slums of Beverly Hills? Oh She's yeah, in that she is in that. Yeah,
1: um, but those are both very good that people should check out. Um, now this is basically where we end the show and end the day at, at summer camp. But if you have summer camp movies that we didn't mention that we should have, please leave them in comments or shoot us a note on Facebook or Twitter. Um, we always love to discuss. I think we've already talked to someone on Facebook about Sleepaway Camp. We did. And the amazing twist ending of that movie, amazing. which is sort of like our the twist ending of our um, camp. Our never-ending never story, um, story. So we kind of cribbed on that a little bit there. Um, but, yes, that one has a great – it's a great slasher movie, has a great twist ending, and is a lot of people's favorite. So um, shoot us yours. I mean, we, we're at high, uh, Twitter at
0: at high, the number and five. The the podcast. We're on Facebook at High Five the Podcast. We're on the website at www.highfivepodcast.com. No numbers, all no. letters.
1: And then we'll have a list for this episode on our letterboxed account. And then you know anywhere that How do you, you spell letterbox? That's a uh, weird thing. L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. So no it's e. exactly like you would think it would be spelled without the E at the end. Gotcha. And um and so we'll have this list up so you can add your thoughts and comments there. And just always, it's appreciated for the show. You know, give us a good rating or give us a comment on wherever you listen. So it's Stitcher or iTunes. SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to the show. It really know. helps. Yeah. And uh, if we can get it out to more people, we, we love, you know, kind of growing this audience of high five, colon, the fans. So um, keep bringing people into the fold and let's have some conversations about movies together. Now get the fuck out of here.